0: This flyover clip.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing at in uh in America, we're made up of you know a few hundred, three hundred twenty, I don't know, somewhere between three hundred and twenty million and probably four hundred and fifty million. You know, who knows? You know, the numbers the increasing probably by the day. True. Nobody exactly knows. But uh
0: <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah,
1: sadly. But um we're 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 at a unique moment in history where several things are happening at one time. The generations are not spending as much time together Mm -hmm. because at the dinner table, it used to be more multi-generational throughout not just American history, but throughout history in general. Mm -hmm. And then um, we're bombarded with echo chamber-based media reports, Mm -hmm. which... Kind of doesn't matter if you're in a day in, day out, like you might watch the sports of your local area or your team and someone else watches something else. They don't, but, but we're in a unique spot we had some great conversations at the reawaken America events Mm -hmm. with people on this exact topic of, can we, can we survive as a species in this era where you could ask two people off the street about the same event and get dramatically different, passionately Mm factual, you know, they're, they're, they're facts. Are clearly different, but they're so passionate about them, you know, mm-hmm. between the two. And so when you talk about 80 million of us doing one thing each day to save our own country, a part of that is being educated and aware ourselves to the very best of our ability with no ill intent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, designated so we can have conversations intelligently with people, and not just back down because someone's yelling. Right. You know, or not just back down because maybe a lot of people in the room maybe disagree. Mm -hmm. We were at a football game this weekend. There was 80,000 people who clearly see... Uh, there was no no, that was no so penalty. Funny.
0: Those poor reps. I uh, felt so sorry for him.
1: You know, and it's like, well, hey, one guy thinks that there was holding. I mean,
0: the reps are right there. You got 80,000 people that are way yeah. in the stands, you know, and everybody's yelling at the reps.
1: If consensus meant anything, there's 80,000 people that say that was not a hold. There's one guy saying it was a hold.
0: Imagine somebody coming to your job yelling over your shoulder, You are wrong. You did that wrong. I cannot even imagine. Came to
1: your accounting firm or yeah. whatever. You
2: suck. You suck. <laughs> You
1: suck. you suck. You know, eighty thousand. Maybe a tough job, but but consensus doesn't mean correct, right? You could have eighty thousand people on one. You know, it's that's the guy. Ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, the refs are usually right. And so, you know, these examples show like hey, we we need to get the best information we can, and then increase yeah. our ability to communicate one on one with what's happening. And, and we there's an Epic Times article that came out this morning. I want to kind of bring to your attention because it shows the difference that your age and maybe the the time you were educated mm-hmm. in how it impacts your worldview on current events.
0: So true. Okay, so from the Epic Times it's called, Poll Shows Most Americans Support Israel in War with Hamas. Now this was a long article. We're going to put it in the notes, so I highly recommend reading it. Um, but it says, a Majority of Americans Support Israel and Oppose Hamas in the Ongoing War According to a no- New Poll. Here's what really jumped out at me. The poll to- touched most key questions relating to a war between Israel and Hamas, including which sides Americans favor. Mm-hmm. The designation of Hamas is terrorist group, U.S. military responsibility for Israel, and the Gaza hospital blast, among other issues. This is what's interesting. 84% of Americans sided more with Israel in the war, while 16% sided with Hamas. But... The result varies by age group, with 95% of ages over 65 in favor of Israel and 5% siding with Hamas. In contrast, 52% of those aged 18 to 24 support Israel, while 48% sided with Hamas. So, what's causing that to actually happen? Is it our education systems today?
1: I'm sure a lot of it, a lot of it is podcasts, a lot of it's news, a lot of it's cable channels, you know, the funnel, mm-hmm. a lot of it is universities uh, creating a, what I call a, 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 a Muslim friendly, terrorist specific friendly environment, treating them as victims like terrorists have a right to terrorize. Yep. You know, for a million different reasons, on college campuses, you're more likely mm-hmm. to have a convicted terrorist come in as a guest speaker, an author that's written a book, somebody who sympathizes with terrorists, than you would be someone like Ben Shapiro that's uh, to true. be able to come on. He's going to be protested, and they don't have a lot of authority on college campuses, mm-hmm. and so they allow the the, the 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 protests and riots on college campuses to get there. The interesting thing to me about the the, the ages. When you have ninety five percent of people age sixty five and older, well, you may look at it and say, "Well, they they don't understand what good music is. Well, they don't understand fashion. They don't understand how their iPhone works. They this is a conflict that goes back before any of us were born. Mm -hmm. It goes back before your parents were born. It goes back before their parents were born, and their parents, 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 and their great 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 Mm grandparents. It goes. We're talking. This goes back to the Old Testament. Okay." Mm -hmm. Uh, the Jewish people are the indigenous people of this part of the world. That was a land that they've been occupying um, since before Christ, mm-hmm. since since we're talking Moses. We're talking thousands of years before Christ. So so it's, it, it's a perspective. You think, well, it's not out of date because these people are over the age of 65 right. because this goes on a long time. So, so somewhere in here, um, it, it became the radicalized, I think, college campus environment mm-hmm. that, that shifts views of who's a victim and who is not, and and that can only take place in a vacuum of information where you're only given one side. True. So that,
0: that is exactly we, right. And we don't
1: portray to be experts on this at all. Um,
0: but that's why we have chosen experts to actually yes. talk about this today. So we obviously, we have this article. I highly encourage you uh, to read that. But we really- But we
1: also just got back from Israel. That's true. We spent- Ten days there. Yep. <laughs> Not an expert, but I guarantee I knew a lot more coming back yes. than I did going in.
0: That, that's, that's we stayed for sure. in
1: Bedouin tents. We've, yes. we've been See, been there.
0: So, but we are going to introduce you, if you haven't seen yet, or just reintroduce you to something called PragerU. So, tell me about PragerU.
1: Well, uh, PragerU does the best job I've seen of taking the best expert in that field, someone who has a personal experience, and telling their story. Something that might take you know, hours and hours. They do it in like five minutes. They do it with graphics so and incredible teaching techniques. We're going to use a series of these throughout this this next week uh, because they've been on this topic five, six years ago. They were making videos. Some of these are two years old. Some of them are, are you know, but they, they all are dated previous to the current conflict. But you can see uh, this has been brewing for a mm-hmm. long time. And regardless of your feelings on this and your opinion of the Rothschilds and who did what, when in the state and all this, Go into these with an open mind of saying, okay, there might be some points in here that I didn't know, wasn't aware of, or I forgot about that. That's kind of how we did it as well. So we're going to be covering this from a lot of angles, probably for quite some time in the future.
0: And tonight, we're going to actually introduce you to, if you don't know, David Bragg, and he's the executive director of the Maccabee Task Force. And the Maccabee Task Force was started in 2015 um, to combat anti-Semitism on college campuses. Check this out.
3: If Israel just allowed the Palestinians to have a state of their own, there would be peace in the Middle East, right? That's what you hear from UN ambassadors, European diplomats, and most college professors. But what if I told you that Israel has already offered the Palestinians a state of their own, and not just once, but on five separate occasions? Don't believe me? Let's review the record. After the breakup of the Ottoman Empire following World War I, Britain took control of most of the Middle East, including the area that constitutes modern Israel. Seventeen years later, in 1936, the Arabs rebelled against the British and against their Jewish neighbors. The British formed a task force, the Peel Commission, to study the cause of the rebellion. The commission concluded that the reason for the violence was that two peoples, Jews and Arabs wanted to govern the same land. The answer, the Peel Commission concluded, would be to create two independent states, one for the Jews and one for the Arabs, a two-state solution. The suggested split was heavily in favor of the Arabs. The British offered them 80% of the disputed territory, the Jews the remaining 20%. Yet, despite the tiny size of their proposed state, the Jews voted to accept this offer but the Arabs rejected it and resumed their violent rebellion. Rejection number one. Ten years later, in 1947, the British asked the United Nations to find a new solution to the continuing tensions. Like the Peel Commission, the UN decided that the best way to resolve the conflict was to divide the land. In November 1947, the UN voted to create two states. Again, the Jews accepted the offer. And again, the Arabs rejected it. Only this time, they did so by launching an all-out war. Rejection number two. Jordan, Egypt, Iraq, Lebanon, and Syria joined the conflict. But they failed. Israel won the war and got on with the business of building a new nation. Most of the land set aside by the UN for an Arab state, the West Bank and East Jerusalem, became occupied territory. Occupied not by Israel, but by Jordan. Twenty years later, in 1967, the Arabs, led this time by Egypt and joined by Syria and Jordan, once again sought to destroy the Jewish state. The 1967 conflict, known as the Six-Day War, ended in a stunning victory for Israel. Jerusalem and the West Bank, as well as the area known as the Gaza Strip, fell into Israel's hands. The government split over what to do with this new territory— Half wanted to return the West Bank to Jordan and Gaza to Egypt in exchange for peace. The other half wanted to give it to the region's Arabs, who had begun referring to themselves as the Palestinians in the hope that they would ultimately build their own state there. Neither initiative got very far. A few months later, the Arab League met in Sudan and issued its infamous three no's. No peace with Israel, no recognition of Israel— No negotiations with Israel. Again, a two-state solution was dismissed by the Arabs, making this rejection number three. In 2000, Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak met at Camp David with Palestinian Liberation Organization Chairman Yasser Arafat to conclude a new two-state plan. Barak offered Arafat a Palestinian state in all of Gaza and 94% of the West Bank, with East Jerusalem as its capital but the Palestinian leader rejected the offer. In the words of U.S. President Bill Clinton, Arafat was here 14 days and said no to everything. Instead, the Palestinians launched a bloody wave of suicide bombings that killed over 1,000 Israelis and maimed thousands more on buses, in wedding halls, and in pizza parlors. Rejection number four. In 2008, Israel tried yet again. Prime Minister Ehud Olmert went even further than Ehud Barak had, expanding the peace offer to include additional land to sweeten the deal. Like his predecessor, the new Palestinian leader Mahmoud Abbas turned the deal down. Rejection number five. In between these last two Israeli offers, Israel unilaterally left Gaza, giving the Palestinians complete control there. Instead of developing this territory for the good of its citizens, the Palestinians turned Gaza into a terrorist base from which they have fired thousands of rockets into Israel. Each time Israel has agreed to a Palestinian state, the Palestinians have rejected the offer, often violently. So if you're interested in peace in the Middle East, maybe the answer is not to pressure Israel to make yet another offer of a state to the Palestinians. Maybe the answer is to pressure the Palestinians to finally accept the existence of a Jewish state. I'm David Bragg, executive director of the Maccabee Task Force for Prager University.
0: All right, Flavor Family. My name is Avery Whited. I'm the daughter of David and Stacy. I'm just moving in, so I had to get an order for my pillow and get the things that I needed. So let's look inside. I got some my pillow uh, towels, kitchen towels. I got some of their Giza sheets. Now, I've never actually been able to use them, but I've heard amazing things from my parents about them. And last but not least, something for Charlie. Hey, Dompin! All right, Charlie, let's go put this in the dryer and fluff it up for you. Come on, buddy. Nice and warm and fluffy. Perfect for my little guy. Come here, Charlie. All right, if you want to get your own products, go to mypillow.com and use promo code FLIVER to
2: save up to 66% off. My towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wouldn't dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work. They're soft and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six-piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get My Towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all My Towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com.